everybody, welcome into NBA Sound System, pardon me, alongside Mike Adams, and the happy to be here Scott Rafferty. <laughs> Thanks for joining us wherever you are, however you are doing so. Like I said off the top, happy new year. We want to welcome in the new year, the new decade, with this podcast, bouncing around the league and giving everybody an opportunity to have some new year's resolutions. So we went through the entire league. Uh, both on and off the floor, and kind of picked out some resolutions for some teams that we think may need them heading into 2020. Uh, who wants to start? Scott, why don't you go for it? Yeah, man? all right. Why, why don't we do really Scott, this? Let us, let, us, let us just say that Scott has never been more excited to do a podcast in his life other than this one. <laughs> He's <laughs> big on the whole New Year's resolutions thing. 2020 is going to be a big, big year for you, Scott. I, sa- I sat at the standings for about 10 minutes, looked at them, every team top to bottom, and just nothing came to mind. But you know what? Strong I'm here. I, I'm here. I've got two. I'm going to give them to you guys. I have a New Year's resolution already. This uh, off off the script already for Scott. Let's, Let's go. Does I it involve th- fences? I think Scott should get off the fence in 2020. <laughs> I think he should. All right. I'm just going to start with this. Ooh, my, ready. Fir- my first one. Are you guys ready for this? <laughs> Come, coming in hot. Oh, boy. The Raptors in 2020 need to figure out how to beat good teams. Oh, there we my go. goodness. That's my, new, that's my resolution like, for them. The, the team that went into L.A. and beat the Lakers <laughs> at Staples Center apparently can't be good teams, Colin. Okay, so now, so now that you're making fun of me, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to defend myself. Go ahead. Raptors are 14-0 and 0 as of this recording against teams below 500 right. this season. Okay. Right. One of only three teams um, that are undefeated against teams below 500. Right. Um, but they're 4-8 and eight against teams 500 or above, Ooh. which isn't great. No, not good enough. Um, and some of those some of those losses have there's reasons that we can talk about that they lost those games, whether it's being, you know, the Clippers on a back to back after losing Larry and Serge Ibaka to injuries, um, losing to the Mavericks on the la- last game on a five game road trip and stuff like that. Um, but just generally speaking, Pascal Siakam hasn't been as great in those games. Is that um, another resolution I hear? I think that's two. Is that's two no, for that's, one. That's, that's two for that's one. one. Uh, does, that, two wait, for does, one. That, does that count as my two then? Am I good? Can I no, go here you now? Okay. Um, no, but just generally speaking, I think, you know, this Raptors team has been a big surprise to the start of the season. Um, but if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, uh, as, as they kind of looked like they were trending towards at the start of the season, they're going to be have, have to be able to beat these teams like the Bucks, mm-hmm. like the Sixers, like the Celtics, and like the Heat. Um, so, yeah, that's my news resolution for them. So how do they get there? What's like, what's the, so everyone says, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to go to the gym, right? I'm going to eat healthy. So I'm going to stop buying candy. Like what do the Raptors have to that, do? To that's start a hard one for teams? me, by the way. I love me some, I'll, well, Don't candy, not so yourself. much. Candy, not so much, but you give me a bag of chips. <laughs> I'll sit there and eat the whole pack. <laughs> um, I think, I think getting healthy would be a starting point for me. <laughs> no, not you. I'm talking about the Raptors. <laughs> Um, Carlin is getting up there, <laughs> putting on the pounds. Um, like I was saying, they had they missed uh, Larry and Ibaka for some of those games. Fred VanVleet has been injured. Um, he's had a knee injury lately that's kept him out of the lineup. So I think getting all those guys back and healthy would certainly help them. Um, and also, kind of a, like I alluded to, this is a learning season. I think for Pascal Siakam, right? Um, it's a brand new role for him. He's a number one option. He's shown that he's more capable in that role than I think anyone could have guessed coming into the season. It's funny to think that we were kind of asking if he could be an all-star this season, and now he's being talked about as an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous. But I think, you know, he's talked about it too. I think part, the next thing for him is being able to be consistent, bringing it night in, night, in, night out, quarter to quarter, um, and be the best guy on the floor 
old time. And I think once once he gets to that level, and I do think he will, um, that'll help them you know, beat up on these teams. So the Raptors last year, defending champions, finished the year with 58 wins, 58 and 24. Uh, they were 36 and four against teams below 500 a year ago, 22 and 20. So just two games over 500 against the teams that were above 500. For someone that is listening to that resolution that you said, they got to get better at beating good teams. And they show you that record from a year ago and said, hey, we were able to scrape by against these above 500 teams, basically 500 record. Kawhi Leonard wasn't in a lot of those games. Obviously, he's not going to be in any of these games this year. But they went on to win a championship. Can they get by I, and still make the finals? I, I think that this is borderline meh. But I mean, we're, aren't, this is just a the Raptors sort of regressing to where we thought they'd be, right? Like, I, entering the year, mm-hmm. I mean, they got, a, they got off to such an incredible start, right, which included that win, that win over the Lakers and the, and the almost win over the Clippers. And I think people started maybe pumping up Toronto uh, a little bit more. That, like, they, they were playing above their talent level. For sure, especially right? with so the injuries. So I think, you know, the, what we're seeing now, I think, is just a little bit of a course correction. And, I mean... I, the goal is to always win a championship, Carlin. You are uh, you're a big believer yeah, in that. You know that. You guys know uh, that if you listen but, to this podcast. But you know, I do think that this is a little bit of a uh, sort of a uh, an honesty check, a, a look in the mirror here for the Raptors about who they really are, how good they can really be, and how far they can ultimately go. But we'll see. It's a good one, though. Thanks. Look at you coming that. up with it. I appreciate that. I'll hand the baton over to one of you guys, Carlin. What do you got? All right, me right away. Right, let's stay in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you guys, if you've listened to this podcast before, know that I, how I feel about the Milwaukee Bucks. I just don't think that they have enough to win an NBA championship with the guard situation. I've never heard you say this before. That I'm stuck. they have right now, and that's not. I'm he who shall rename nameless will be uh, the guy that I think they should upgrade with, and uh, I think they need to go out and their resolution should be to get a better point guard for the playoff run who's the point guard they should get well i'm gonna throw some names at you um in recent weeks is it's becoming louder and louder that drew holiday may be interested in or or there may be interest in acquiring drew holiday and he may be available is he a guy that could come into milwaukee and put them over the top i think yes because he helps them immediately in the backcourt and he's already going to be the best perimeter defender they've had not named Giannis on the team if he steps on the court with the Milwaukee Bucks going forward, how they get him is a different story because you're going to pretty much have to gut your team. And Milwaukee's plus right now, the reason why they're winning so many games is because they're deep. They're a very deep team. They go probably 11 deep at some some points, and, and that's to their benefit the way they play. But I would give up that depth to get a Drew Holiday. I think he's that sort of impact player. You're obviously going to have to give up picks. We understand that. But he is a guy that I would go out and get for Milwaukee. I have other names if you guys want to react to that. No, I have let's other go names. to Drew because I, I see over here I'm I'm cheating and looking at Scott's computer and he's got the trade machine. Go for uh, it. Trade machine it. No, I mean, my general point was just going to be I think if Drew Holiday does become available and there's been a report that apparently he's no longer untouchable, I just think there's going to be teams around the league that can put together a better package than the Bucks can. Well, what's the package that the Bucks can put together right now? If they, it, like, what would it take? It's. I mean, it's starting with Eric Bledsoe because he's making just under $16 million this season because they're, they're not... They're probably. I mean, they're not trading Chris Middleton or Giannis. Both those guys are making a combined fifty-five million this mm-hmm. year. And then after that, we talked a little bit about the last part about trades that this Bucks team could make. 
They're not moving Brook Lopez, who's making $12 million this year. He's too important to them offensively and defensively. I don't know if they're going to get rid of George Hill because he fills in really nicely as a backup point guard. Wait a second. <laughs> what are we We're talking about We're not trading here? for Drew Holiday? <laughs> no, no, no. Cause you're, so you're trading Eric Bledsoe or Andrew, so you don't have no, a backup point guard both then. both of them. My point being, exactly. If, so what, what I was saying... I you, will if it takes that to get Drew Holiday okay, and then both either of them way, can go. Either way, you're talking about Eric Bledsoe plus George Hill or Eric Bledsoe plus Erson Elisova or something like that. And I think... Um, you know, I've written I've written something on NBA.com about trade destinations for Drew Holiday, right. and I think a team like the Denver Nuggets, for example, they should be interested in Drew Holiday if, if he is actually available, no and I doubt. think they can put a be- put a better um, package for him. Um, and the same goes for the Miami Heat when you look at guys like Goran Dragic and then a younger guy like Justice Winslow or Tyler Hero. Um, I, I just think there's more teams around the league that can put together a better. So package. if it, so if it's not Drew Holiday, Carlin, who is it? Well, I have some other names that are in contract years that they're going to have to put up big offers for and it, it will have to gut the team so guys like brooke lopez that you mentioned may have to be a part of these deals but i i, I want to throw these names out to you and see if you guys agree demar Derozan. no it no. doesn't do it for me nope doesn't move the needle no nope. not not even not even in the slightest. but why, why not what what is demar Derozan give you that you're not already getting from chris middleton but at a higher level well now you have i now you, you have both of them and you have another playmaker in the half court, and someone that gets their own shot. Chris Middleton make him is start nice. Threes again? But look, I think I think the thing is that's so no, good about Drew Holiday. Threes. The good thing about Drew Holiday: one, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Yes. Two, he can play with and without the ball in his hands. Right? So can Demar. No, he can't. What do you mean? If you have Demar, you're running the offense through him, and you're taking away more possessions from Giannis. That's the nice thing about Drew. If you had Drew on this team, Giannis is still gonna Giannis's role is not gonna change. You're going to have to run more stuff through DeMar to maximize him. I don't think so, though. I don't think you can. You absolutely would have to. I, I, I agree that he's not a, he's not a spot-up shooter. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say you stick him in the corner. But I think that you alleviate some of the pressure that Giannis has in the playoffs. I'm not talking about right now in the regular season. In the playoffs. But when DeMar he, Rosen has been fantastic in his NBA career. It's worth noting. He hasn't been bad. Hasn't been great, but, but he's been it's not great, Bob. Great as the number one option. You're expecting him. He's not going to be the number option, and he may even fly down to number three playing next to Middleton. But he, that, that's, that's a perfect that's, scenario for him. But that's you assuming that his game is tailored to be a third option on a team, which I argue it's not. But why wouldn't it be? Because he can't shoot, and he needs the ball in his hands, and he wants to pull up from mid range and get the ball in the post and everything like that. that, that and there's that, going to, to me, be that would reek of like Carmelo with the 2016-17 Thunder. I don't know about that. That's that's come on. That's, no, a that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a little disrespectful. That's a little bit disrespectful. But, Carmelo was out of the league <laughs> at that point. That was an all-star <laughs> the year before that in New York. <laughs> Come on, don't do that to that DeMar DeRozan. Was, that, was the, that was the year after he made an all-star team for Carmelo. This is the year after DeMar. I just DeMar think. No, no, he, he was borderline. Dirt, he, he was borderline, though. No, but I think. But so no, then no, how is it different? No, no, but DeMar DeRozan last year was better than Carmelo Anthony the year before he went to the Thunder. And, and, and if you put. I don't know about that. If you put I, DeMar, I honestly do not know about well, that. Well, wait a second. DeMar DeRozan is not going to be. No one's going to question. If DeMar DeRozan ended up on Milwaukee, no one's going to sit there and say to themselves, I don't know if DeMar DeRozan can hang in the league anymore. Like he slides they weren't here. saying that's, that that's in Oklahoma kind of City I'm, either, though. Yeah, was, they were. No, no. When they when when Melo went to the Thunder, everyone he, everyone yeah. was like, "That's the missing piece. He's going to be great there. Like they, they could win a title." And, and that's exactly games. what you would say if they traded for DeMar DeRozan. Absolutely, I would. I would. And, and then you know what's going to happen when they're in the conference finals? They're going to bench him. They're going to bench DeMar DeRozan down the stretch, just like the Thunder but did Carmelo, with Melo. But you have to agree that DeMar DeRozan is a better playmaker than Carmelo Anthony. Yes, we just haven't seen that from yes. him. And if you put him in this situation where he's going to have to be a playmaker, 
I think you I think you'll see a different side of DeMar DeRozan's game that you're not accustomed to seeing. You guys are only looking at him as the flat out scorer that he was in Toronto and what he's expected to do right now in San Antonio, but you put him in a situation where he's going to have to run as a lead guard. This so, is a guy that and and Milwaukee needs more creators in the half court. So you're expecting DeMar DeRozan at age 30 to become an entirely new player. It's not entirely new. It's not. It, it is a part of his game. He's never been asked to do it. He was last year, to be fair. His first and he year did fine. Yeah, he did fine. I just don't think that he's the missing piece for this Bucks team at all. I think okay. ideally you'd get a guy who... But he's not a great defender either. And this is a very, a very good defensive team. I think ideally, going back to the Drew Holiday idea, you want a guy who is good defensively, a guy who can play with and without the ball in his hands, shoot threes. Um, and DeMar DeRozan, to me, doesn't take many of those boxes. Fair enough. Wait, which guy would you rather have? Which guy would you rather have? Do you want the guy averaging 22 points, four assists, and eight rebounds? Four. Or do you guy want the guy averaging 21 points, <laughs> five rebounds, and five assists? Which guy do you want? Uh, in that scenario, a blonde resume style, for those who are listening, I would go with player B. You would go, you would go with player B. You want the guy averaging fewer points, shooting worse from the field, well, two fewer rebounds, and about the same You didn't give me percentages. You gave me twenty. You gave me twenty-one points, five rebounds, five assists. That's, That's what you gave. Shooting better. All right. Is he? That, <laughs> now that was Demar this year and Carmelo the year before we went to Oklahoma City. <laughs> so I, I didn't change my stance. I didn't change my stance. I, anyway, we spent far too much time on Demar Derozan. I, I want to give you two other names, three other names actually. Uh, rapid fire. Give all three of them to and, you, and then we'll. Yeah. And same thing. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, he he's not being traded though. He's awesome. Love it. But keep going. But why isn't he? Be, well, oh, what are the other two names? Whether or not he's being traded. This wait, is, wait, wait, which Bogdanovich did you say? But uh, which one? The one that's in Sacramento. Okay, <laughs> I, I was thinking the Pacers one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay, that's yeah, Boyan. That makes, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Bogdan is in Sacramento. Boyan is in Utah. Okay, am I right? You guys are I'm firing asking. on all cylinders. <laughs> Bogdan. <laughs> anyway, the, the Sacramento the king, king guy. The Kings. Bogdanovich. Yeah, the King guy. Okay. Yeah. He, so yeah, him. Goran Dragic. Yeah. No. He's kind of. I like it. I don't know if it moves the needle enough. Is he not an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe? I don't think so at this point. Offensively, he is. Defensively, no. I don't. I don't think. I think two years ago, Goran Dragic. I. I don't know. I. I think he's a little past. Okay. And last one. This is a far one. This is a, a reach. Evan Fournier. I think Fournier would be better than Demar Derozan on that team. To be perfectly sure. honest. So if if it was a choice between them, yeah. I'd rather go after him. So out of the four guys, you would have Fournier. I mean, well, Bogdanovich is the guy. Right. I mean, he's, but again, like, like Scott said, I don't, I don't think that they're getting Bogdanovich. Well, the reason why I brought up Bogdanovich, because I was, I actually just freshly watched the Kings live. And to me, they need to move either Bogdanovich, Heel, or Fox to get to the next level of where they want to be. Because all three of those guys want to do the exact same things. Uh, you could argue that Fox is a little bit better of a playmaker, but they, they kind of, I mean, they, they kind of play this your turn, my turn style of basketball, and there's not one clear-cut guy on a nightly basis that says, you know what, I'm going to be the guy that's going to get us 25. You other two, you go ahead and get 16 and do other things. And I don't think Bogdanovich is the guy. He's the odd man out in this situation because he's not the guy that's going to get you 25 a night, and he's definitely not the guy to do other things to give you 16 points. Like He's not going to hustle. He's not going to play great defense. And he's not going to be a great playmaker. But if you put him in a situation in Milwaukee, you don't lose any shooting with, uh, with him there on the floor. So you still get that spacing that you want. He can be a playmaker when put in certain situations, but you, you're not asking him to do that for a full 48-minute game. And 
I, I think he's slight defensively you lose a lot because he's not a great defender at all. But his his upside offensively, he could create for himself that and do things and he's not gonna hurt you. He's not gonna give you the boneheaded Eric Bledsoe play that uh, you know, he, he's accustomed to. So are you assuming that Bledsoe goes back in that deal? Because that doesn't make sense for the Kings to me. Why do the Kings want Bledsoe? It, that's true. That I was I was just looking at it from the Bucks yeah. side as as expiring. I was looking at guys who are in expiring contracts that would be looked to be moved. Doesn't but mean there's, right. there's there's but you could there's do a three no team they, yeah, situation. There's there's, there's, there's different ways. But I was just looking at it from the Bucks perspective. I wasn't I did not care about the Kings at all. No, those are those are all good and all better options than Demar Derozan. Yeah, Demar Derozan <laughs> might be honestly last on that <laughs> list of players you just mentioned. But sure, you do you. I don't know why you hate on Demar Derozan. I, I just think it, I like I actually like Demar. I feel like I like Demar a lot more than a lot of people do. I just don't think the Bucks is a good situation at all, all right. for him. Well, it's more t- uh, more time than I expected to talk so about. So I was I was looking at a. Uh, I was looking at a study by NPR done in, in February of last year. Ooh. And they surveyed over 1,000 people across the country. 44% of people said that they made New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. The most common one among respondees was that they wanted to exercise more. I just wanted to, to, rec- to uh, bring to the, the, uh, everyone's attention that DeMar DeRozan probably shoots about 44% from the field, right? Yeah. NPR style. Yeah. All right. All right there Good. you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, so the, the number one resolution of 2019 was to exercise more. The number three one was to lose weight. And the number four one was to eat better. So three Uh-oh. of the four all kind of hit at the same thing. Uh-oh. Don't do this. I, Don't I do would this. like Nicole Jokic <laughs> Don't do this. To, to make all three of those resolutions. I want him to exercise more. I want him to lose weight. And I want him to eat better. Because the Nicole Jokic that we've gotten so far this season can't hold a candle to the version of the guy that looked like by far the best center in the league in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. My man was a walking, talking, just, uh, he was awesome. He was 25, good. 13, and 8 in the playoffs last year. He made, yeah. me, he made me change my opinion on, on Jokic. 25, 13, and 8, a bona fide take-it-to-the-bank superstar in the playoffs. Do you know how many times he's done that through the first 25 games of the season? Once. Exactly one time. Who was it against? Exactly one time. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get that far. Was it, was it against the Sixers? I feel like it was. Against Joel Embiid and that. My point is in less than 4% of his games so far has he been good than his average game <laughs> in last year's playoffs. You watch Denver. Man, they move, they move slow. He looks plotting. He looks a little out of shape. My man is Saint. My man is little jolly Saint Nick, and I do not mean that in a good way. He, he's a little too much Santa Claus body. So you're, you're not you're not impressed by the 24 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists that he's averaging over his last six games. That's fine. Last six. That's great. I, I actually think that's great. That's I fine. actually think like he's he's working his way back into shape and he looks good now. Well, he should continue to do that. It's weird that you say that though, because remember he was at the World Cup and that's when he was supposed to be working himself into basketball shape, and he didn't play great at the world cup they had him they actually had him coming off the bench at the world cup because he was in such bad shape that's embarrassing which was the rumor that's embarrassing which was the rumor around team serbia and he came in he left the world cup in the shape that he was in came to training camp and looked like he got into worse shape i just want to for the record while you were talking i actually googled Jokic just to see how much he weighs right now and I got three different answers from three different sources. So Wikipedia, which you have to trust all the time. It's never wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> has Jokic listed at 7 feet, 249 pounds. Over. That is over. a lie. That is a – and Wikipedia is never wrong. This is the first time they're wrong. Okay. 249? Sure. 
give me a break. What else he got? They probably just weighed his jersey. Uh, basketball reference, 7 feet 253, which is another lie. The only one that's been accurate so far. ESPN. I'm, I'm really nervous. About, okay, there we go. ESPN. I thought you were going to do some really, <laughs> really reaching into the dark webs there. but ESPN.com has them 7 feet 284, sounds, which is a little bit more right. realistic. Scott is over here shaking his head. I, like he can't believe... I, we're talking no, look, about he, he didn't like look this. like he came into the season in good shape. I just think he's been much better lately. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I know what you guys are going to say when I say this, but Michael Malone, the coach of the team, has been saying after that um, when it, I think it was OKC, he said he's been putting a lot of time in, lifting weights, and he thinks he looks like he's lost a lot of weight since the start of the season. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want so, him to keep it up. Okay, keep good. the gym members. So, I just want to point out that I I do think he he's getting there. This is all right. This is like if. Uh, if you mentioned to a family member back in the fall, you know what? My New Year's resolution this year in 2020 is going to be I'm going to get in the gym every day. And then at the start of the month, at, at, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't know what gym you were going to go to. And then like December 1st, your wife's like, hey, I got you a 30-day free trial to the gym. Nicole Jokic right now in December uh, is is in that like he's in that thirty day free trial at the gym when January is here and twenty twenty <laughs> is here and the ball drops and the new year begins, you better not cancel that thirty day free trial. He needs to be in the gym losing weight because I want to see the Nicole Jokic we got in May, and we haven't seen that. Yeah, we haven't seen it. And by is the it way, too much to ask. NBA.com. I expect greatness. NBA.com's stat page confirms Nicole Jokic at two eighty four. So that is the weight we'll go with. That's the official weight. I'm assuming from that from that day. All right, moving on now. That's that's. Is a little... there any other players that we want to call out for being fat before we move on? Ah, oh, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that after <laughs> you just did. <laughs> yeah, but that's no, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was joking anyway. <laughs> All right, Scott, what do you got? That? All right, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna be able to tell my. I feel I feel good because my first one I, I went down pretty well, so um, I'm willing to just punt on this one. Uh, my New Year's resolution is for John Moran. Okay. I just want him to learn how to land properly. Because he's had. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Oh, thanks. Land. Yeah. Okay. Like um, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's had a, just a couple scary falls this season. The guy is relentless attacking the basket. He's not afraid of anyone. He's going to try and dunk on anyone. He had a huge, a couple huge dunks the last couple weeks. Um, one over Aaron Baines. That I mean, one of that one of Aaron Baines was, on Aaron was Baines. disgusting. Yeah. Um, but again, he's he's had a couple couple scary falls this season. Um, and I, I just want to see I just want to see him learn how to land properly, so we don't have to worry about this guy um, being injured throughout his career. That's it. That's, that's all I got. We don't even have to spend that much time on that if you guys don't want to. That, well, someone that someone that never learned how to fall correctly is Blake Griffin. Mm. And uh, you so know, wear and tear on him. You don't want to see John Morant turn into the guard version of Blake Griffin, right? Where, you know, after such an, an incredibly highlight reel driven start to a career, you know, his athleticism and his explosiveness started dwindling. I mean, like that, yeah. right? In a New York minute. So, um, you know, if, if he learns to fall like Dwayne Wade did instead of like Blake Griffin did, I'm with you. That's a great one. Thank you. He, he could also use some weight, like put on. Yeah, somewhat. He, yeah, he could. Um, and I think that's gonna. I, I think that that will probably come right um, now that he's on an yeah. NBA team and that he's in. He's getting the the right programs and everything like that. I think that'll come. But even then, like 
he plays so much bigger than his size though like going back again he's not afraid of anyone at the basket mm-hmm. and he has some really really strong finishes at the rim so i do think if he can pack on a few more pounds and and, and build his upper body up um he's just he's just gonna be a nightmare he, he's awesome that's pretty good i want to stay within the division okay I want to talk Con- Con's about... Con's excited because you said the word division. <laughs> Stay within the conference. You're staying within the West. Um, you know, a lot of time, New Year's resolutions are not just for individuals, right? right? They can be for couples. Okay. Um, some, maybe a couple says, hey, you know, in the new year, we're going to go on more dates or we're going to get some counseling or we're going to run a marathon together. We're going like to travel more, going. right? Uh, there, you know, there is no I in team, Right. Uh, but there is I in marriage. And so I would like the marriage between Luka Doncic and Kristaps mm. Porzingis to be much stronger in 2020 than it was in 2019. If you look at what they've done, you know, through the point in time where Luka uh, sprained his ankle and prior to him being out for a couple of weeks, the Mavericks lineups with Luka on the floor alongside Porzingis have not been remotely as good as the ones whenever Luca's been out there without Porzingis. There's no reason for that. All right. The Mavericks, I take seriously as a contender. I think that this is an, a really good team. Like Whoa. this season contender? I think this is a really good team. Okay. Wait, wait there's a difference between being they, a really good they team beat and the, They should have beaten the Lakers twice. Let's stay with they the went, contender. They went into Milwaukee without Luca and won. This is a really good team. But we, but, we, but, but, we can't just throw around the on, word contender. On. And then gloss over it. I can, and I just did. But don't throw it around. Are they contenders this year? If if they they take to heart their New Year's resolution and they they work on the couple the the couple chemistry Mm -hmm. between Luca and KP, by the time the playoffs roll around, the Dallas Mavericks will be a legitimate contender. But only only if they take time to seriously take a hard look at, at maximizing these two talents. I'm no relationship expert, but normally when you have problems in a relationship, it's somebody's fault. We'll assume that you're, you're saying it's Chris Stapps Porzingis who's not lifting his own weight in the relationship. But if it's a partnership and a relationship, Luka Doncic has to help him get there so what, how, does, how does Luka do that? Because right now, Luka is being Luka. He's doing everything possible to keep this team afloat. And better yet, he has his team flying. And they, they are, they're punching above their weight they at are, the moment. But if, how does Kristaps Porzingis get back to who he was? He's not a unicorn right now. He's a donkey. So how does he get back to being so everyone, the unicorn? Everyone, everyone um, thinks that when they watch the Houston Rockets, they complain that James Harden has the ball in his hands so much. It's not fun to watch. Did you know that Luka Doncic actually has the ball in his hands more than James Harden does? And, and, and it's... Like a it physically, close? the ball is right. physically in yep. Luka's hands more than it is in James Harden. Right. If Kristaps Porzingis is going to be the version of Kristaps Porzingis that Dallas needs him to be for them to contend, Luka's got to start delegating a little bit more. This can't just be a one-man show. It can't be the Luka Doncic show. And he's an amazingly skilled player, perfectly capable of excelling off the ball as well. So I would like Luca to play his part in delegating a little bit more of the offense, and 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 that's not on him, right? That's not all on him. Some right. of that's on Rick Carlisle. Some of that's on on Porzingis himself for wanting to be more aggressive, and for Porzingis, 
Every year of his career, his average shot distance has been further and further and further from the basket, <laughs> right? This dude is 7'3", <laughs> and 18% of his shots come within three feet of the basket. That's a right. joke, right? right? He, gets, he gets switches on dudes that are six inches, nine inches, a whole foot shorter than him, and it's like he uses that in his, as an excuse to shoot a 19-foot fadeaway jumper. Like, what are we doing? So it, it, it's a two-way street. I want Porzingis to get his butt closer to the basket. Don't stop shooting threes. He's a great three-point shooter. He should. But there's no reason why only 18% of his shots come with, within three feet of the basket. And then I want Luca to just share more. You know, let, let Porzingis pick where you're going to dinner tonight. Yeah. Right? Let Porzingis, let Porzingis drive. Yeah. You know, open, get, open some doors. Get some direction. It's a, it should be a happy couple. It is a happy couple. It should be the happiest couple. I do wonder if that's just Porzingis has missed so much time. Uh, he missed what, like a year and a half with that ACL, the torn ACL injury. Um, he's a big dude. I think it's just going to take him some time to actually get comfortable again and get back to the ways, um, get back to the kind of the play he was with the Mavericks. But to your point, like I, I think it is a two-way street. I'm sure there's more that Luca could do to be empowering Porzingis. But Porzingis is as like the the post ups. He's been basically the worst post up player in the league this season. He ranks in the sixth percentile in efficiency. Um, yeah, it's not good. And he's scoring about 15% of his points, generating about 15% of his offense there. So, you know, he, to your point, he's settling in a lot of those situations um, and he needs to be, to be better in that. Also, Luke, uh, Porzingis has by far been Luca's um, most pass to teammate on the, on the Mavericks. About 25% of his passes have gone there. Porzingis surprisingly just isn't shooting well off of them. And I'm sure there's some noise in that and everything, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something to monitor moving forward for sure. I like it. Any any fault to like Rick Carlisle? Can he do more to help Porzingis get back to? I think he will. I, I think to Scott's point, some of this I think is just sort of it's a long season, right? right. Like there's there's 82 games. You, no one has all the answers. 25 games into the season, um, it would be one thing. I mean, even if these guys had played with each other previously, and then Luca went up a level like he has, I mean that alone would take some time to, to getting used to. Um, you know, and then just obviously they have not played together uh, before this. So I think it's it's not only is it figuring out how do we make these two players fit seamlessly together. It's an entirely different version of Luca than the one that Rick Carlisle had last year. And, and look, there's also a lot of other pieces like Seth Curry's new on that team. I was Delon about- Wright's new on that team. Tim Hardaway Jr. Hey, he was there at the end of last year, but I yeah. mean, it's a lot of it's just a lot of new guys. I was just about to ask. So okay. Luca and Porzingis, Porzingis finally becomes what he once was before injury. Luca is still at this level MVP type player. Is the team good enough around them to then win a championship? Because you, you threw around the word contender, and that's just assuming Porzingis gets back to being what he is. Is this team still good enough around them, or what's the one thing or two things that they would need to get to that level? Ide- ideally, yes, they add they add another piece, but like, what's that piece though? Like it's big, it's probably it's probably another it's probably another playmaker on the wing. It's like a Drew Holiday, right? Bradley Beal. I mean, those are the kind of guys that have been rumored to them. I don't know how they put deals together for that, given the players they have on their call. Bradley Beal, there. But would I mean, be even like their other guards, right? Like Seth Curry, Delon Wright, like Tim Hardaway. I guess can sort of create his own his own offense. I would I would like another like another playmaking guard, even if it's not someone on the level. I mean, obviously, if Bradley if Bradley Beal can't be traded this year, but 
if it was Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday, that's mm-hmm. obviously incredible. But mm-hmm. even a guy like like Derrick Rose could right. help, or a a even if it's another off the bench guy with a little bit more of a scoring mentality that can help shoulder some of the playmaking load. Because even if even if they do find a way to get Porzingis more touches, it's not exactly like with you know 19 seconds left on the shot clock, they're going to give Porzingis the ball at the top of the key and he's going to start running the like that's never going to happen. Yeah, right. So I I think that that's sort of the missing element. In a way, it's not that dissimilar from Milwaukee in the sense that like they probably need another guy and they probably need another guy that can help take some pressure off of. You know the one A, the one B. So I want to clarify though. When I say Milwaukee needs another guy, I don't. Th- I'm not trying to say that they need another All Star. I think they need another playmaker in the half court. That's 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 my only thing. I don't think you can depend on Bledsoe or Middleton or any of those other guys other than Giannis against good defenses, which they'll play in the playoffs to create for somebody else. That's my only thing. Dallas is a team that when the game slows down, they're going to get better. Prior to Luca being hurt. This team was averaging, uh, we've thrown this stat around before, I think actually talking about Milwaukee, 1.19 points per play after an opposing made basket. Mm-hmm. So against the set defense, that is by far, by far, the best of any team over the last 20 years. That's awesome. So That's a great that, stat. that points to a team that I think will actually maybe be a little bit of a tougher postseason out than I think people are giving them credit for. You're saying that's Dallas, right? That's Dallas right now without even that <laughs> You think it'll be Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it ain't Milwaukee. No, I, I was just clarifying because I think that is interesting. <laughs> Going back to, to Paul Zingas and how bad he's been on post-ups this season, that made up a huge portion of his scoring back when he was with the Knicks. And I think ideally, when you think of this team, it's it's. I mean, Luke is a pick-and-roll guy, right? Um, pick, and Paul Zingas isn't necessarily a role guy, but he can he can be used in those situations. And I think ideally, if teams start to switch, you should be able to beat pretty much any coverage in the league between the two of them. Because Luke is one of the best ISO guy, ISO scores in the league. Um, but if Pozingis gets back to the point where he can punish smaller guys for switching onto him, um, that number could could you know, I don't, it's not going to improve, um, but it might be somewhat sustainable if that's the case. Hypothetical now, time to get crazy with it. This Dallas team. Goes up against a 2011 championship-winning Dallas team in a seven-game like series. This. Who wins it? Right now? Right now. Or you could say at their peak. Let's say at their peak. Both teams at their peak. Everyone's healthy. Yada, yada, yada. So, so Which I'm, team? I'm getting like 28-year-old Luka Doncic who's just... No, no, no. You're getting the best version of Luka Doncic wow, today. Wait, this isn't hard. You get this version. Well, you just said peak. I don't know if... Well, peak like... Porzingis. Not Porzingis working his way back. Peak Porzingis You get today. like what this team will be like in June. Yes. Seven game series. Who wins? Probably that old Mavs team, right? I'd take the old Mavs. Dirk was just an animal. Yeah, I was wishing you guys don't, took this one because I have the roster. Like Tyson Chandler was I have the great. roster in front of me. I was waiting for you guys to Jet. slip up and forget about guys Jake like Roddy Bobois coming off the bench. Roddy, did you? Hey, here we go. Shout out to my man, my man Roddy <laughs> Buckets. Did you know? Uh, early part of December, uh-huh. he's playing in the Euro League right now. My man at twenty eight in the first half on a perfect eleven of eleven shooting. I will never get off of Roddy Bucket's island. They were t- he was twenty two years old when they won that championship. They never gave him the chance to really develop. Shouts, he, man. He could be starting on this team right now. Are we really doing this? Is that your next twenty twenty resolution? Well, what's, what's the next? Come resolution? on, Sasha Pavlovic. <laughs> wow, learn to pronounce his name right. Whatever category. his name is. <laughs> All right, yeah. if if your if your New Year's resolution is not 
to bring back Roddy Bawah uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. What is it? Uh, my new, new Year's resolution is actually, uh, is this the division? Are we staying in this division? You know I love division, Scott. <laughs> I, I if you no, don't no, know no off the division. top yes, of your Yes, yes. We're staying in this division. Um, this is actually close to Micah's heart here. The New Orleans Pelicans. Everyone had them pegged as a sleeper team in the Western Conference. It's one of my worst takes in a long right, time. Right well, I mean, you weren't the only one. So it's a lot of people that had this. When that roster was built in the offseason, everyone assumed that they would be a really good team. Zion gets hurt. People still assumed that they would go out and win a lot of games. As we record right now, that hasn't happened. A lot can change between now and the time you listen to this. But I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, they're actually on a 10-game losing streak right now as we record this. 13-game. 13-game losing yeah. streak right now as we record this. They need – this is their New Year's resolution. The New Year's resolution is get my man Zion some help. He hasn't played a minute in the NBA, but he needs help immediately. And the only way to do that is to strip this team butt naked and start from scratch. J.J. Redick gone. Move Drew Holiday as soon as possible and start sucking for some picks because Zion is not going to come onto the court with this Pelican team the way it constructed uh, and, and get them to the playoffs. I know a lot of people expected them to play really well and, and you know, uh, have this team in the conversation of a playoff team in the Western Conference. It's not happening. Get Zion some help. Right. I'm going to let you take this in a second, Micah. I just <laughs> want to say I can't believe that I was crushed going into this podcast and you have two years resolutions for the same team. What do you mean? Your first one was Drew Holiday. Now you're talking about the Pelicans. Well, he, Drew Holiday's on the Pelicans right now. I, that's just not very creative. I'm, I'm a little Z- Get Zion some help. He hasn't Sorry, played go it. Ahead, go ahead, Micah. I, I could not disagree with you more. Yes. You think this team... I could not possibly disagree Wait a second. With what are you disagreeing with? Be clear. So I, I, Okay, two things. Because I think that the pieces that they added, they did it specifically to get guys that fit next to Zion Williamson. Right. Guys haven't played a minute. We don't know how those guys oh, fit oh, oh, we know. next to the guy that... No, we don't. We know. No, we don't. Because J.J. Redick, you can't... There's not another dude outside of probably Clay Thompson that you'd rather have a shooting guard playing off of Zion Williamson. Right? right. Uh, Drew Holidays it, it has not played very well this year, but I, but I think he's the type of guy. We already talked about him earlier. A guy that can play with and without the ball. Brandon Ingram. Really good score with the ball in his hands. He's a nice safety release valve for Zion. I, I think that New Orleans should not hit the panic button. And I, David Griffin himself even said mm-hmm. in the summer, while, while also saying that we're going to win now and that he thinks Drew Holiday might contend for an MVP, neither here nor there. He said that? Well, yeah, he, he got a little carried away. on a Was that a, like a pep rally? <laughs> in his head. It was a pep rally in, in, in his own head. I, I think that given the way that this roster is constructed and, and really everything on that roster is meant to be a complimentary piece to Zion Williamson. I would not do a thing until I've actually seen them together. And even if that, even if they're not, look, they're not making the playoffs this year. We already know that, right? They wouldn't make it next year. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be so sure. I, I just think it's too soon. And if you know that next year, then Punt next year. This this upcoming draft is not a great draft. Sure. So I don't really want to sell off picks for the, the second or third pick in the draft is the equivalent of probably the tenth pick in in, in a draft. Uh, the last couple of years, it's, it's not a great draft. 
I would not sell off. I would not hit the panic button. Uh, I don't believe any of those guys are on expiring, so you're not losing them for nothing anyway. Uh, JJ, if you want to move him next year, he'll have a, he will always have immense value. Um, I wouldn't do anything. I also know that entering the season, New Orleans had uh, the easiest schedule in the NBA post All Star break. Not saying that like they're gonna they're gonna be so far out of it that they could go undefeated and still not might not make a push for the eight seed. But I do think we're being a little bit too quick to just blow up. Uh, New Orleans. I'm, I could not disagree with you. More. I am blowing it up. I, I am. Can blowing the New Year's resolution just be get Zion healthy and on the floor? Why? Do, why do we have to go to the extreme of, of just nuking the entire franchise? Get him some help because this team, this team, we've seen enough with this team without Zion being there. They're still not good. They're not even competitive. They're not competitive right now. Zion is is is. I think he's going to be a a good player. I might even borderline say great player. He's not going to be. He's probably. He's probably in the mold of a transcendent superstar. He's, he attracts so much attention on the floor. You're just removing one guy. He is not going to be able to elevate this roster of t- this these guys to the next level where they're competing for a playoff spot. He's just not. He's not going to be that good. They've been really bad. They're they've awful. also they've also been really hurt. It's not like it's not like this team has been out there. And it's been everyone. But who's been hurt? It's it, they've they've all missed time. JJ's missed time. Derek Favors has missed time. Second. Drew Holiday's many, missed time. They, how many games Brandon have they played? Missed time. How many games have they played? Because Drew Holiday's played twenty six games. JJ Reddick's played twenty six games. Uh, Jackson Hayes played twenty five. And Ingram's played twenty four. Played twenty eight. So there's so they've played twenty eight games, and we're talking about JJ Reddick missing two. I still think it's probably I, I'm I'm more Micah side to be perfectly honest. Because the other thing about this, but I keep okay. hearing about injuries. Nine I, I mean, of their players, that. ten of their players, even Lonzo Ball has been in and out of the lineup. He's played twenty games. Okay, ten of their players have played at least twenty games. It's not like they've been decimated with the injury bug. And the guys that have played less than that are guys who are probably not going to factor in that much, other than Derek Favors. He's the only guy. He's the only guy that they went out and got that should be on the team. And again, he's not going to move the needle too much for them to say, oh, we have something here when Zion comes back. Do you, do you know how many games together Reddick, Holiday, Favors, and Ingram have played together this season? Go for it. No, I want you to guess. I don't I don't know. I'm just giving you the seven. The, but they all Those are the four un- other projected starters around Zion. Those guys have only played together in seven games. But they, you're talking playing, though. You're talking, they're playing games. No, stop. You're talking you're games. talking like the team we're seeing right now in New Orleans is like the whole team minus one guy. It's not. Three of it's their been, it's been musical chairs the whole Three year. of their starters have played in twenty two games together. That's fine. You're adding one more guy to that, Zion. What's the issue here? We've seen we're seeing their core. We're seeing their core guys. Their core, their core guys minus that one guy have played seven games together. They haven't even been on the floor for a hundred minutes together. They've played twenty, they started twenty-two games together. At would least. you ever would you ever nuke a team after they've played one hundred minutes together? That's the equivalent of two full games? No. Yes. You wouldn't. Because they've been two embarrassingly games. bad. Oh, come on, don't do that. <laughs> they've been embarrassingly bad. You're, just, you're embarrassing yourself right now. But That's the team has is not good. There's no there's no way that you can sit here and tell me that you see any future with this team because Zion's gonna show up. He's not saving he's not saving the day. I just think by the time he's good enough to save the day, this team is going to be old. And then you've waited too long. JJ Reddick's not getting any younger. We'll see. So what? So what do the Pelican? What do the Pelicans go for then? Let's say they do decide to blow up, like you're saying. What What do they try and get? And, in return for well, these listen. Guys? The blow up is not. I'm only talking about moving two guys. That's a blow up. That's uh, you, you, you got to find tear, ways. You just said you tear did. to the studs. 
Yeah, and that's that's only getting rid of two, two guys. guys? Oh, JJ Reddick's the only guy, old guy. He's thirty five years old, and Drew Holiday. So what do and they you get re- back your pieces? So what do they look for in return of those? You got to look for young guys that are growing to grow up with Zion. Any names? And you play your young guys. I, I don't know. We, I mean, we we have to look at the trade destinations for these two guys. But a, you're getting picks back, and you're reloading for when Zion is in a position to actually be good and and meet some of his potential. You're ready to go. This team is not good. It's not. It's been and everyone that thought they would be good, they're wrong. I, I think there's something to be said about that they should, they should be more competitive than they are now, even without Zion. But like with the way that people are talking about Zion and how good he's expected to be, I just don't know if you can just decide all of a sudden to trade Drew Holiday. He's been with that team for so long and it's so important to what they've done in the past. Trade, trade JJ Redick, who would fit into basically any team in the league because of how good of a shooter he is. I think you, you owe it to this team, unless you can get a really good return. Like, let's say Drew Holiday is actually available and some team blows him away with an offer because he is so valuable and he can help them get over the, the, the top. Maybe then you do it. But I think beyond that, I, I just think you owe it to this team um, to see if those pieces can work around. Because it wasn't long ago that we were saying how incredible of a job they were doing and how Zion had a better supporting cast than right, what, like we were wrong. Anthony Davis ever did when he was in New Orleans. Do you know how many teams have but missed, we were wrong. Do you know how many teams have missed more games due to injury this year? The New Orleans? Three. One. It's only the Warriors. And the Warriors the the, the Warriors are having a historically we are decimated sure. by injuries. That is the only team in the entire league that has had more games missed due to injuries than but the you New know Orleans why you, you know why you don't say blow up the Warriors? Because of who they're getting back from injury. They're getting Steph Curry back. They're getting Klay Thompson back. That is who you're you're getting two yeah, no, superstar players. You're not getting a, a Go ahead. But that's different because you know what you're getting back. Exactly. We still don't know what we're we don't getting. Know what we're getting back. But so when are you going to wait for? What are you waiting for? for What's the difference? What's the difference? Play games again. What are and, you talking and, and about? And to this watch them, watch them go. Okay, they missed the trade deadline. Don't do anything. When do you make your move? When do you make your move? JJ Reddick's only on contract for Next another summer. year. Next summer. And next summer, JJ Reddick's out of there. He's not there not. anymore. Yeah, he is. He's got he's got another year on his contract. He's going to get. He's a free agent next summer. We're in 2020. 2021, he's a free agent. Yeah, 2021, he's a free agent. He's two, include, he's one more season in New Orleans after this one. Next summer, he's gone. What are we waiting so you for? trade him next year if yeah. you need to trade him. What are you talking about? He's we're talking about a contract. New Year's resolution. So this time next year, we're talking about trading J.J. Reddick? Yeah. Why not trade move him now? Because the 2021 trade deadline isn't for 13 and a half months. What if are you, you talking about? If you already know what the deal <laughs> okay. is, why not move him? Here's the thing. We're not going to agree on this. Uh, but what I do want to say is quit smoking. Because that ties into my next New Year's resolution, which is also quit smoking. You know who I went to quit smoking other than Carlin? In addition. <laughs> Wait, are we only doing two resolutions each year? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. We're, in, we're on a roll. Well, we're, we're, we're here now, right? Go, go for it. Uh, Carlin, you're not the only one I want to stop smoking. I would like the Detroit Pistons to stop smoking because I think that for a long time now, this is a team that has fancied themselves as we can win. Right. We're a competitive team in the East. They think that they're a contender. They are clearly not. The Blake Griffin, it was it was a, a gamble worth making, I think. I think that they did the right thing when they traded for him. Right. Uh, it was a calculated risk. But I you know, we've we've seen he's just he had an amazing year last year, but I think, you know, we've seen the last of him, I I think, as a Legitimate game-changing talent. I've never been a big Andre Drummond guy. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Scott's boy Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Luke Kennard was the team's second-leading scorer. If Luke Kennard's your second-leading scorer, 
at, you're just what? What are we doing here? Hey, and I really, like- I want them to quit smoking because I hope I honestly, I wanted this to be a a a Derrick Rose New Year's resolution for Derrick Rose to find a new team, but he can't really do that himself without help. So for that to happen, I would like the Pistons to get to a point where they just start building assets, they trade players, and I want them to trade Derrick Rose to a good contending team. Luke Kennard is currently averaging 16.1 points per game. Blake Griffin, the former All-Star, is averaging 16.4 points per game. Does that say more about Luke Kennard or less about Blake Griffin? That's based on Luke Kennard Island, if you, if you want to join me <laughs> oh, over <cool>. here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never traveled there. <laughs> I mean, Blake's coming back from a... The, the injuries are a concern with Blake. They've always been a concern. And now that he's age 30, I mean, that's that was one of the risks when they traded him, right? And especially right. with the contract that he has. Um, hopefully, I mean, he was, he was fantastic last season. It's easy to forget how good he actually was. And it was a shame that he suffered the injury he did at the point of the season that he did because he was basically playing on one leg. Um, he what, he missed the first two games of that series and then came back for the other two. Uh, I, I hope we haven't seen the last of Blake Griffin reaching that level. Um, but he certainly, I mean, he he hasn't been good to start this season. The the thing about this team, they're gonna they have a huge decision to make with Andre Drummond this summer. I think they have a huge one. Before we go to RJ Drummond, I think they have a huge one with Blake Griffin as well because he's on he's on their books till twenty twenty one. He's he's got a player option that year, which obviously he's going to take. It's At close rate, to forty million dollars. Yeah. What do you do with Blake before you even get there? Before we even talk about that's going to be that's going to be hard to move him. I feel like right, yeah. especially with the way that he's playing this season um, to start the season. I don't know if there's going to be people you know banging down their door to to try and get him. Maybe his value picks up between now and the trade deadline. Or between now and next year's trade deadline, I just but by the way he's playing and his injury history and his age and everything, I just don't know if there's a huge market for him right now. They might have missed the boat on moving him. I think knowing I think which last you... year would have been the year. But congratulations on the eight seed and getting swept by the Bucks. <laughs> when you should have stopped smoking as your 2019 New Year's resolution, you didn't do it. So now do it in 2020. To be the fair, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over to again. To be fair. He was hurt. Blake was hurt. He missed the first two yeah. games and wasn't himself the last two and was playing at a high level before he got hurt. So maybe they get gentlemen sweep, sweep instead. Maybe they win one with a healthy Blake Griffin. Okay. So that's one. one okay. One game. Fine. But I'm this, just trying to shoot this also, this also goes back to what I was saying, though. Drummond has a player option for next yeah, season. Ahead. He's already made it pretty clear that he's going to decline that because the free agent market is just so bad this summer that he's I mean, he's playing well enough to get a big contract. He's going to get paid this summer. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Pistons and you have Blake Griffin under contract for possibly two more seasons, are you going to pay Andre Drummond a max contract knowing that your ceiling for this team, which we've just discussed, the best version of Blake Griffin and a very good version of Andre Drummond, gets you on eighth seed in the East, swept in the first round? Um, I'd be running. Because if the answer is no to that, then you don't pay him and then he just walks? Or do you try and trade... Andre Drummond, who's probably going to be easier to trade than Blake Griffin between now and February. I'd trade him. I mean, I, I don't know. I, is it a, are you going to get back max return for a guy that's going to get paid big this summer? Most certainly not. But you get I don't something. Know. You get something. Like, could you get Boston's uh, pick from Memphis? Maybe. I, mean, I think the Hornets have been a team that's been mentioned for, for Andre Drummond for a while now. Um, again, you're not getting anyone huge. That it's not, better than nothing. Yeah, right? but maybe it's better than nothing, especially if, you know... But I also think it was ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that said Drummond is a favorite of the... Uh, is it Tom Gore, the team owner? 
um so there's a there is a possibility that they just pay him his money um and keep him around long term it's just that, that they've got a very interesting with the way that this season is trending as well it's just that they've got a big decision to make this summer if i'm detroit i don't trade him yet and i played played call his bluff play possum with him in the summer because i don't see another team in the nba that is going to pay max money for Andre one. Drummond. The Hornets don't pay anybody. They just got they burnt. Pay, they wouldn't pay Kemba Walker. They wouldn't pay Kemba right? Walker. They got burnt with Nick Batum. They're really? still paying for that right now. They are going to be so cautious going forward in terms of big money deals. And they just found out that Devontae Graham could play basketball. So they're going to have to pay him eventually. They, they, they are not going out of their way to pay Andre Drummond to finish sixth in the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I don't see the Hornets doing it. And if they do, it's not going to be a max deal. So I, I can't see another – I think he's going to get offers. He's going to definitely field offers. But I don't think he's going to get crazy money uh, that everyone's expecting. And I think that's going to play into the Pistons' hands. And at that point, you just resign him. And then you look to move him later on down the line. But I, I think I think you just hold on to him. Okay. Trading him now, trading him now. I don't think – I, just, I hope as part of their new, their new Year's resolution that Derrick Rose gets to a team that could go far in the playoffs because I think uh, that – his sort of on-court rejuvenation um, is a very under-talked-about story, and I, I don't think that he's getting the credit he should probably get for the player that he is ha, has been uh, so far this season. So what is, what is that team, though? I mean, the Bucks is an interesting the Bucks, one to bring it back from where we started, but yeah, is there anyone The Bucks, else? the Mavericks, the Lakers, I think, could really use him um, as a secondary playmaker for those stretches when LeBron's on the bench. Um, the Sixers. I think could yeah. use someone that could create their own shot in the half court. I mean, Derrick Rose can get his shot. I mean, maybe not whenever and wherever he wants, but the guy's basically been Detroit's closer. He, he had a game winner at the buzzer yeah. um, a couple weeks ago. He's had I don't think time and again big moments. He had big moments last year. Minnesota for stretches. He was there, their guy down the stretch of, of games. Yeah. And actually, returning to Minnesota might not be um, the worst option in the world. So. Uh. We'll see. Not the worst, but it's close to the bottom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so their res- their New Year's resolution is not to to uh, link back up with Derrick Rose. I, I think I don't think Derrick Rose doesn't. I, I don't think there's a team in the NBA that Derrick Rose doesn't fit on at this point in his career. Like he's not coming in to start. We know that, and he can close. He's he's the new Jamal Crawford. If that makes I like sense, that. If that makes sense. It's good. He's uh yeah he's he's perfect six man. He can really fit on any team. Uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of here get out of here um happy new year everybody hopefully you agreed with some of our uh our takes be sure to check out nba.com uh for all your news and notes in 2020 and beyond of course for scott raffy mike adams i'm carlin gay we'll see you next time right here on nba sounds Good.